0: Welcome to Bite-Sized Fiction. Fiction worth chewing on. This is your host, Sean. Today, I'm going to be reading book 22 of the Iliad, Homer's Iliad. Yes, that one that you read in high school and forgot all about. In this reading, Achilles slays Hector. I think I needn't explain why the Iliad is so important, for everyone feeds off the banquet table of Homer. As someone important said, it's the foundation for modern literature. This translation I'm using is the one that you find on Project Gutenberg. It is a blank verse translation by Robert Southey. Without further ado, The Iliad by Homer. Book 22, translated by Robert Southey. Thus they, throughout all Troy, like hunted fawns dispersed, their trickling limbs at leisure cooled, and drinking slaked their fiery thirst, reclined against the battlements. Meantime the Greeks, sloping their shields, approached the walls of Troy, and Hector, by his adverse feint ensnared, still stood exposed before the Scaean gate. Then spake Apollo thus to Peleus' son, Wherefore, thyself mortal, pursuest thou me immortal? O Achilles! Blind with rage, thou know'st not yet that thou pursuest a god. Unmindful of thy proper task to press the flying Trojans, Thou hast hither turned devious, and they are all now safe in Troy. Yet hope me not to slay, I cannot die. To whom Achilles, swiftest of the swift, indignant? O oh, of all the powers above, to me most adverse archer of the skies. Thou hast beguiled me, leading me away from Ilium far, whence intercepted, else no few had at this moment gnawed the glebe. Thou hast defrauded me of great renown, and safe thyself hast rescued them with ease. Ah, had I the power, I would requite thee well. So saying, incensed, he turned towards the town, his rapid course like some victorious steed that whirls its stretch, a chariot to the goal. Such seemed Achilles, coursing light it the field. Him first, the ancient king of Troy perceived, scouring the plain, resplendent as the star autumnal of all stars in the dead of night, conspicuous most, and named Orion's dog. Brightest it shines, but ominous and dire disease portends to a miserable man. So beamed Achilles' armor as he flew. Loud wailed the hoary king. With lifted hands his head he smote, and uttering doleful cries of supplication, sued to his own son. He, fixed before the gate, desirous stood of combat with Achilles, when his sire with arms outstretched toward him thus began. My Hector, wait not, O my son, the approach of this dread chief alone, lest premature thou die, this moment by Achilles slain, for he is strongest far. O that the gods him loved as I, then soon should vultures rend and dogs his carcass, and my grief should cease. He hath unchilded me of many a son, all valiant youths, whom he hath slain or sold to distant isles, and even now I miss two sons, whom since the shuddering of the gates I find not, Polydorus and Lycaon, my children by Lauthoe the Fair. If they survive prisoners in yonder camp, I will redeem them with gold and brass by noble Eltes to his daughter given, large store and still reserved. But should they both already slain have journeyed to the shades? We then, from whom they sprang, have cause to mourn, and mourn them long. But shorter shall the grief of Ilium prove, if thou escape and live. Come then, my son, and enter the city gate, that thou mayst save us all nor in thy bloom of life cut off enhance Achilles' fame. Commiserate also thy unhappy sire, ere yet distracted whom Saturnian Jove ordains to a sad death, and ere I die to woes innumerable. To behold sons slaughtered, daughters ravished, torn and stripped the matrimonial chamber, infants dashed against the ground in dire hostility, and matrons dragged by ruthless Grecian hands. Me... Haply last of all, dogs shall devour in my own vestibule. When once the spear or falcon of some Greek hath laid me low, the very dogs fed at my table-side, my portal guards, drinking their master's blood to drunkenness, shall wallow in my courts. Fair falls the warlike youth in battle slain, and when he lies, torn by the pointed steel, his death becomes him well. He is secure, though dead from shame, and whatever next befalls. But when the silver locks and silver beard of an old man slain by the sword from dogs received dishonor, of all ills that wait on miserable man, that sure is worst. So spake the ancient king, and his gray hairs plucked with both hands, but Hector firm endured. On the other side, all tears his mother stood, in lamentation, with one hand she bared and with the other hand produced her breast. Then in winged accents, weeping, him bespake. My Hector, reverence this and pity me if ever, drawing forth this breast, thy griefs of in- infancy I soothe. O oh now, my son, acknowledge it, and from within the walls repulse this enemy. Stand not abroad to cope with him, for he is savage fierce. And should he slay thee, Neither shall myself who bore thee, nor thy noble spouse weep, o'er thy body. But where we can never come, dogs shall devour it in the fleet of Greece. So they with prayers importuned, and with tears their son, but him swayed not. Unmoved he stood, expecting vast Achilles now at hand. As some fell serpent in his cave expects the traveller's approach, battened with herbs of baneful juice to fury, forth he looks hideous, and lies coiled all around his den. So Hector, filled with confidence untamed, fled not, but placing his bright shield against a buttress, with his noble heart conferred, Alas for me, should I repass the gate! Polydamus would be the first to heap reproaches on me, for he bade me lead the Trojans back this last calamitous night, in which Achilles rose to arms again. But I refused although to have complied, had proved more profitable far. Since, by rash resolves of mine, I have destroyed the people, how can I escape the blame of all in Troy? The meanest there will say by his self-will that he hath destroyed us all. So shall they speak, and then shall I regret that I returned ere I had slain and fight Achilles, or that, by Achilles slain, I died not nobly in defense of Troy. But shall I thus... Lay down my bossy shield, put off my helmet, and my spear recline against the city wall. Then go myself to meet the brave Achilles, and at once promise him Helen, for whose sake we strive with all the wealth that Paris in his fleet brought home to be restored to Atreus' sons, and to distribute to the Greeks at large all hidden treasures of the town, an oath-taking besides. And to distribute to the Greeks at large all hidden treasures of the town, An oath taking beside from every senator That he will not conceal, but will produce And share in just equality What stores soever our fair city still includes? Ah, airy speculations, questions in vain I may not sue to him, compassion none Will he vouchsafe me, or my suit respect But, seeing me unarmed, will sate at once his rage And womanlike shall I be slain It is no time from oak or hollow rock with him to parley, as a nymph and swain, a nymph and swain sought parley mutual hold, but rather to engage in combat fierce incontinent, so shall we soonest learn whom Jove will make victorious, him or me. Thus pondering he stood, meantime approached Achilles, terrible as fiery Mars crest-tossing God, and brandished as he came o'er his right shoulder high like the Pelian spear, like lightning, or like flame, or like that sun ascending, beamed his armour. At that sight trembled the Trojan chief, nor dared his nearer step, but flying left the gates far distant, and Achilles swift pursued. As in the mountains, fleetest fowl of air, the hawk darts eager at the dove. She scuds aslant, he screaming springs and springs to seize her, all impatient for the prey. So flew Achilles constant to the track of Hector who with dreadful haste beneath the Trojan bulwarks plied his agile limbs, passing the prospect mount where high in the air the wild fig waved. They rushed along the road, declining never from the wall of Troy, and now they reached the running rivulets clear, wherefrom Scamander's dizzy flood arise two fountains, tepid one from which a smoke issues voluminous as from a fire, the other, even in summer heats like hail for cold or snow, or crystal stream frost bound. Beside them may be seen the broad canals of marvel scooped in which the wives of Troy, all her daughters fair, wont to lave their costly raiment, while well, the land had rest and ere the warlike sons of Greece arrived. But these they ran, one fleeing, one in chase. Valiant was he who fled, but valiant far beyond him he who urged the swift pursuit. Nor ran they for a vulgar prize, a beast for sacrifice, or for the hide of such, the swift foot racers' customary meed, but for the noble Hector's life they ran. As when two steeds, oft conquerors, trim the goal for some illustrious prize, a tripod bright, or a beauteous virgin at a funeral game, so they with nimble feet the city thrice of Priam compassed. All the gods looked on. And thus the sire of gods and man began Ah I behold a warrior dear to me around the walls of Ilium driven and grieve for Hector who the thighs of fatted bulls on yonder heights of Ida may valued burned off to me and in the heights of Troy but him Achilles glorious chief around the city walls of Priam now pursues Consider this ye gods weigh the event Shall we from death save Hector, or at length leave him, although in battle high-renowned, to perish by the might of Peleus's son? Whom answered thus Pallas' cerulean-eyed, dread sovereign of the storms, what hast thou said? Wouldst thou deliver from the stroke of fate a mortal man, death destined from of old? Do it, but small thy praise shall be in heaven. Then answer thus, cloud-gatherer Jove returned, Fear not, Tritonia, daughter dear, That word spake not my purpose. Me thou shalt perceive always to thee indulgent. What thou wilt that execute, and use thou no delay. So roused he Pallas of herself prepared, And from the heights Olympian down she flew. With unremitting speed Achilles still urged Hector, As among the mountain height the hound pursues, Roused newly from her lair the flying fawn Through many a vale and grove, and though she trembling skulk the shrubs beneath, tracks her continual till he find the prey. So scaped not Hector, Peleus's rapid son. Oft toward the Dardan gates he sprang, direct, and to the bulwarks firm of Troy, hoping some aid by volleys of the wall. So oft, outstripping him, Achilles thence enforced him to the field who, as he might, still ever stretch towards the walls again. As, in a dream, pursuit hesitates oft. This hath no power to fly, that to pursue. So these one fled, and one pursued in vain. How, then, had Hector his impending fate eluded, had not met Phoebus at his last, last effort meeting him? His strength restored and winged for flight his agile limbs anew, the son of Peleus as he ran his brows shaking forbade the people to dismiss a part at Hector, lest a meaner hand piercing him should usurp the foremost praise. But when the fourth time to those rivulets they came, then lifting high his golden scales, two lots the everlasting father placed within them, for Achilles one and one for Hector, balancing the doom of both. Grasping it in the midst, he raised the beam. Down went the fatal day of Hector, down to Hades, and Apollo left his side. Then blue-eyed Pallas hasting to the son of Peleus, in winged accents him addressed. Now, dear to Jove, Achilles famed in arms, I hope that fierce in combat though he be, we shall at last slay Hector and return crowned with great glory the fleet of Greece. No fear of his deliverance now remains. Not even should the king of radiant shafts, Apollo, toil and supplication, rolled and rolled again before the thunderer's feet. But stand, recover breath. Myself the while shall urge him to oppose thee face to face. So Pallas spake, whom joyful he obeyed, and on his spear brass-pointed leaned. But she, Achilles left to noble Hector, passed and with the voice loud-toned approaching of Deiphobus, his ear in accents as of pity thus addressed. Ah, brother, thou art overtasked around the walls of Troy by swift Achilles-driven, but stand that we may chase him in his turn. To whom crest-tossing hector huge replied, Deiphobus, of all my father's sons brought forth by Hecuba, I ever loved thee most, But more than ever love thee now, who hast not feared, Seeing me for my sake to quit the town where others rest content, To whom the goddess thus cerulean eyed. Brother, our parents with much earnest suit clasping my knees, And all my friends implored me to stay in Troy, Such fear hath seized on all. But grief for thee preyed on my inmost soul. Come, fight we bravely, spare we now our spears no longer, Now for proof if Peleus' son, slaying us both, shall bear into the fleet our arms gore-stained or perish-slain by thee. So saying, the wily goddess led the way. They soon, approaching each other, stood opposite, and huge Hector thus began. Pelides, I will fly thee now no more. Thrice I have compassed Priam's spacious walls, a fugitive, and have not dared abide thy onset but my heart now bids me stand dauntless, and I will slay or will be slain. But come, we will attest the gods, for they are fittest both to witness and to guard our covenant. If Jove to me vouchsafe the hard-earned victory, and to take thy life, I will not with dishonor foul insult thy body, but thine armor stripped will give thee to thy friends, as thou shalt me to mine. To whom Achilles, lowering dark, replied, Hector, My bitterest foe, speak not to me of covenants. As concord can be none lions and men between, nor wolves and lambs can be unanimous. But hate perforce each other by a law not to be changed. So cannot amity subsist between thee and myself, nor league make I with thee or compact, till thy blood in battle shed, or mine, shall gratify the fiery Mars." Rouse all thy virtue, thou hast utmost need of valor now, and of address in arms. Escape me more thou canst not, Pallas's hand by mine subdues thee, now will I avenge at once the agonies of every Greek in thy unsparing fury slain by thee. He said it, and brandishing the Pelian ash, dismissed it, but illustrious Hector warned, crouched low and overflying him, it pierced the soil beyond, whence Pallas, plucking it unseen, restored it to Achilles' hand, and Hector, to his godlike foe, replied, Godlike Achilles, thou hast erred, nor thou know'st at all my doom from Jove, as thou pretendst, but seek'st, by subtlety and of wind of words, all empty sounds to rob me of my might. Yet I stand firm, think not to pierce my back. Behold my bosom, if the gods permit, meet me advancing, and transpierce me there. Meantime, avoid my glittering spear, but, oh, mayst thou receive it all, since lighter far to Ilium should the toils of battle prove, wert thou once slain the fiercest of her foes. He said, and hurling his long spear with aim unerring, smote the center of the shield of Peleus's son, but his spear glanced away. He... Angry to have sent it forth in vain, for he had other none, with eyes downcast, stood motionless a while. Then, with loud voice, sought from Deiphobus, white-shielded chief, a second. But Deiphobus was gone. Then Hector understood his doom and said, "Ah, it is plain. This is mine hour to die. I thought Deiphobus at hand, but me Pallas beguiled." and he is still in Troy. A bitter death threatens me. It is nigh, and there is no escape. Jove and Jove's son Apollo, from the first, although a while my prompt deliverers, chose this lot for me, and now it finds me. But I will not fall inglorious. I will act some great exploit that shall be celebrated ages hence. So saying, his keen falcon from his side, he drew, well-tempered, ponderous, and rushed at once to combat. As the eagle darts right downward through a sudden cloud to seize weak lamb or timorous hair, so brandishing his splendid falcon, Hector rushed to fight. Achilles opposite with fellest ire, full fraught came on. His shield with various arts celestial formed, or spread his ample chest, and on his radiant cask Terrific waved the bushy gold of his resplendent crest by vulcan spun and poured profuse around. Bright as among the stars, the star of all most radiant Hesperus at midnight moves. So in the right hand of Achilles beamed his brandished spear. While meditating woe to Hector, he explored his noble form. Seeking where he was vulnerable most, but every part, his dazzling armor torn from brave Patrocles' body, well-secured. Save where the circling he-bone from the neck disjoins the shoulder. There his throat appeared, whence injured life, swiftest flight escapes. Achilles, plunging in that part his spear, impelled it through the yielding flesh beyond. The ashen beam his power of utterance left, still unimpaired. But... In the dust he fell, and the exulting conquerors exclaimed, But Hector, thou hast once far other hopes, and stripping slain Patroclus. Those thoughts thee safe, nor caredst for absent me. Fond dream and vain, I was not distant far. In yonder fleet he'd left one able to avenge his death, and he hath slain thee. Thee the dog shall rend dishonorably, and the fowls of air. But all Achaea's host shall him entomb. To whom the Trojan chief languid replied, By thy own life, by theirs who gave thee birth, and by thy knees. O oh, let not Grecian dogs rend and devour me, but in gold accept, in brass a ransom at my father's hands, and at my mother's an illustrious price. Send home my body, grant me burial rites among the daughters and the sons of Troy. To whom with aspect stern Achilles thus. Dog. Neither th knees nor parents name to me. I would fierceness of revenge were such That I could carve and eat thee To whose arms such grease I owe. So true it is, and sure, That none shall save thy carcass from the dogs. No, trust me. Would thy parents bring me weighed ten twenty ransoms And enrage on oath to add still more? Would thy Dardanian sire Priam redeem thee with thy weight in gold, not even at that price would I consent that she who bare should place thee on thy bier with lamentation, dogs and ravening fowls shall rend thy body whilst a scrap remains then dying warlike, Hector thus replied, full well, I knew before how suit of mine should speed preferred to thee, thy heart is steel, but oh. While yet thou livest, think, lest the gods requite thee on that day when pierced thyself by Paris and Apollo. Thou shalt fall, brave as thou art, before the Scyan gate. He ceased, and death involved him dark around his spirit. His spirit from his limbs dismissed, the house of Hades sought. Mourning in her descent, youth's prime and vigor lost, disastrous doom. But him though dead, Achilles thus bespake. Die thou! My death shall find me at what hour Jove gives commandment and the gods above. He spake, and from the dead drawing away his brazen spear, placed it apart, then stripped his arm's gore-stained. Meanwhile, the other sons of Achaeans, gathering fast around, the bulk admired, and the proportion just of Hector, neither stood a Grecian there who pierced him not, and thus the soldier spake. Ye gods, how far more patient of the touch is Hector now than when he fired the fleet. Thus they would speak, then give him each a stab. And now the bodies stripped their noble chief, the swift Achilles standing in their midst. The Grecians in winged accents thus addressed. Friends, chiefs and senators of Argos host, Since by the will of heaven this man is slain, who harmed us more than all our foes beside, essay we next the city so to learn the trojan purpose whether hector is slain they will forsake the citadel or still defend it even though of him deprived but wherefore i speak thus still undeplored unburied in my fleet patroclus lies him never while alive myself i mix with living men and move will i forget in hades haply they forget the dead yet will not I, Patroclus, even there. Now chanting, peons, Yechean youths, return we to the fleet with this our prize. We have achieved great glory, we have slain illustrious Hector, him whom Ilium praised in all her gates, and as a god revered, he said. Then, purposing dishonor foul to noble Hector, both his feet he bored from heel to ankle, and inserting thongs, them tied behind his chariot, but his head left unsustained to trail along the ground. Ascending next, the armor at his side he placed then lashed the steeds. They willingly flew, thick dust around the body dragged arouse. His sable locks all swept the plain and all his head so graceful once now tracked the dust, for Jove had given it into hostile hands that they might shame it in his native soil. Thus... Whelmed in dust, it went. The mother queen, her son beholding, plucked her hair away, cast far aside her lucid veil, and filled with shrieks the air. His father wept aloud, and, all around, long, long complaints were heard and lamentations in the street of Troy, not fewer or less piercing than if flames had wrapped all Ilium to her topmost towers. His people scarce detained, the ancient king grief-stung, and resolute to issue forth through the Dardanian gates. To all he kneeled and turned, then rolled himself in dust, and each by name solicited to give him way. Stand off, my fellow warners. I would pass the gates, would seek alone the Grecian fleet. I go to supplicate the bloody man, yon ravager he may respect perchance my years, may feel some pity of my age, for such as I am his own father is, "'Peleus, who reared him for a curse to Troy, "'but chiefly reared him to myself a curse. "'So numerous have my sons in prime of youth "'fallen by his hand, "'all whom I less deplore, though mourning all, than one. "'My agonies for Hector soon shall send me to the shades. "'Oh, had he but within these arms expired, "'the hapless queen who bored him, "'and myself had wept him, then till sorrow could no more, "'so spake he weeping.' and the citizens all sighed around. Next, Hecuba amid the woman, thus her sad complaint. Ah, wherefore, O my son, wretch that I am, breathe I forlorn of thee. Thou, night and day, my glory waste in Ilium, thee, her sons and daughters, both hailed as their guardian god, conscious of benefits from thee received, whose life prolonged should have advanced them all to high renown. Vain boast, Thou art no more, so mourn the queen. But fair Andromache not yet had heard nor knew by sure report Hector's delay without the city gates. She in a closet of her palace sat, a twofold web weaving magnificent, with sprinkled flowers in of various hues, and to her maidens had commandment given through all her house, that compassing with fire an ample tripod, they should warm a bath for noble Hector from the fight returned, tenderness ill-informed. She little knew that in that field, from such refreshments far, Pallas had slain him by Achilles' hand. She heard a cry of sorrow from the tower. Her limbs shook under her, her shuttle fell, and to her bright-haired train, alarmed, she cried, Attend me, two of you, that I may learn what hath befallen. I have heard the voice of the Queen Mother. My rebounding heart chokes me, and I seem fettered by a frost. Some mischief, sure o'er Priam's sons impends. Far be such tidings from me, but I fear horribly, lest Achilles, cutting off my dauntless Hector from the gates alone, enforce him to the field, and quell perhaps the might this moment, of that dreadful arm his hindrance long, for Hector ne'er was wont to seek his safety in the ranks, but flew first into battle, yielding place to none, so saying, she rushed with palpitating heart and frantic air abroad, by her two maids attended, soon arriving at the tower, and at the throng of men. Awhile she stood down looking wistful from the city wall, and seeing him in front of Ilium, dragged so cruelly toward the fleet of Greece. O'erwhelm, with sudden darkness at the view, fell backward, with a sigh heard all around, Far distant flew, dispersed her head a tear. Twist, frontlet, diadem, and even the veil by golden Venus given her on the day when Hector led her from Ietion's house, enriched with nuptial presents to his home. Around her thronged her sisters of the house of Priam, numerous who within their arms fast held her loathing life. But she, her breath at length and sense recovering, her complaint, broken with sides among them, Thus began. Hector, I am undone. We both were born to misery. Thou in Priam's house in Troy, and I in Hippolplacian's Thebes' wood-crowned. Beneath i roof, he doomed himself to sorrow. Me more sorrowfully doomed, sustained in helpless infancy, whom all oh, that he had ne'er begotten. Thou descendest to Pluto's subterraneous dwelling drear, leaving myself destitute and thy boy, a fruit of our hapless loves, an infant yet, never to be hereafter thy delight, nor love of thine to share or kindness more. For should he safe survive this cruel war with the Achaeans, penury and toil must be his lot, since strangers will remove at will his landmarks and possess his fields. Thee lost he loses all of father, both an equal playmate in one day deprived. To sad looks doomed and never-ceasing tears. He seeks, necessitous his father's friends, One by his mantle-poles, one by his vest, Whose utmost pity yields to his parched lips A thirst-provoking drop, and grudges more. Some happier child, as yet untaught to mourn a parent's loss, Shoves rudely from the board my son, And smiting him, reproachful cries, Away! "'Thy father is no guest of ours.' "'Then, weeping to his widowed mother, "'comes Astyanax, who, on his father's lap, ate marrow only once, and fat of lambs. "'And, when sleep took him, and his crying fit had ceased, "'slept ever on the softest bed, warm in his nurse's arms, "'fed to his fill with delicacies, and his heart at rest. "'But now, Astyanax, so named in Troy, "'for thy sake, guardian of her gates and towers,' His father lost, must many a pang endure. And, as for thee, cast naked forth among yon galleys, Where no parent eye of thine shall find thee, When dogs have torn thee once till they are sated, Worms shall eat thee next. Meantime thy graceful raiment, Rich prepared by our own maidens in thy palace, lies. But I will burn it, burn it all, Because useless to thee who never so adorned Shalt slumber no more. Yet every eye in Troy shall see how glorious once was thy attire. So weeping she to whom the multitude of Trojan dames responsive sighed around. That was the Iliad, book 22, by Homer. Wow, that was heavy. That was very heavy. At the same time, it was also very long. I forgot how intense the Iliad was. I read it originally for a great books of the ancient world class in college but that was for a class that I had deadlines I had to read six books every two days and I didn't ever really get a chance to to hear it to speak it to enjoy it I had to finish it in order to be able to participate in class lectures and class discussions let's start with a little recap so It begins with the gods decided to favor Achilles over Hector. They decide to favor Achilles, and Achilles begins to receive the favor of the gods. And Athena, Pallas Athena, she convinces Hector to go out and face Achilles at the gates. Unfortunately, it is only too soon that he realizes that he's been tricked after he throws a spear at Achilles and misses, and that's his only spear. And he realizes, oh shoot, this is my only spear. Deiphobus, through whom Athena tricks Hector, he was expecting Deiphobus to have another spear ready for him, but he is disarmed and eventually he runs around the gates of Ilium, of Troy, and he is caught and finally is stricken down by Achilles. And then we have three long, very long funeral speeches, that is, by Hector himself, and then by Priam, Hector's father, and lastly, by Hector's wife, Andromache. And I think that's probably the most poignant. Of course, I think it would be wrong to have fathers have to bury their sons, and yet, unfortunately, our world knows it so much. But the plight uh, of Hector's child, Astyanax, his child, our world knows so much more of men being raised fatherless, and yet so much of the identity in the Iliad relies on fatherhood. And I think it's crippling nowadays to be raised fatherless. It's an essential part in success. Not to say that not having a father will damn you forever, or doom you to a life of just above poverty line scraping by, but it's so, so helpful. I guess what we could take away from this reading is... I guess this isn't really a didactic part of the Iliad, but rather... But rather, I guess, it is more action-packed, more narrative. However, I guess we could dive into the fate that the gods play in this chapter, in this book. I mean, it, it seems untold to a modern audience, an audience that doesn't necessarily believe in God, to have the entire fate, your whole life, to be decided by one moment with the gods. But at the same time... Is fate really necessary? I mean, we would have had a scene like this, whether it be the the scene where Achilles kills Hector, or if Hector were stronger, had truer aim. Hector could have killed Achilles. And we could be having funeral speeches from the Greeks. It's interesting to think that. That wraps it up for today. This is Sean from Bite-Sized Fiction, signing off. Well, before you go, don't forget to subscribe to the RSS feed and rate the podcast. We're available on Spotify, Anchor, Apple Podcast, Overcast, Google Podcast, and Amazon Podcast, and Stitcher. Thank you very much, folks. Have a great day. Bite-sized fiction. Fiction worth chewing on.